Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Chaos and Shadow podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Pagan. Pagan, how are you doing this week? I am doing very well, thank you. I am very excited to be talking to our guest tonight. <gasps> I know. We've been talking about this for quite some time. The amazing Courtney Weber is joining us, author of Hecate, goddess of witches. Courtney, welcome to the program. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thank you. Just turning off my reminder that was telling me I was supposed to be on with you all. So I'm just letting my phone know I did it. Oh, I got on. can I say I'm the worst self-sabotager when it comes to harassing myself? Like I get frustrated when my reminders go off, but I set yes. 10 and then I'm like, well, but you created this stress for yourself. <laughs> Today I went through and killed some alarms that were on my phone that just didn't need to be going off. I know. It's, it's a mood. Whole mood. It is a mood. whole mood. So, Isn't that what the people used to say? Big mood? Oh, yeah. Big mood. Yeah, definitely. Do say that? I, I think we do sometimes. I was going to say. I don't know. Everything with the pandemic just kind of broke. And my, yes. My answer yeah. to that, Courtney, was similar to our off-air conversation about Hecate, where I'm like, I don't know. You'd have to listen. I think I'm a big mood sayer. I think that's just stuck in my vocabulary now. You know what I said this morning, which is going to totally date me. Are y'all ready? Do it. Mm -hmm. I referred to the guys that my cousin flirts with on TikTok as Barney's. Barney's? Wow. Yeah. Does I that predate you all? That predates me, I'm going to be honest. When is it's a Barney's thing? That classic, iconic, yes. cultural, iconic movie, oh. Clueless, I where Alicia know. Silverstone's <laughs> character refers to refers to guys that just kind of suck as Barney's. Barney's. And you know, you know, Barney, like he's kind of he he's he probably hasn't really his his clothes are kind of worn out. Like he had like his and and he's really proud of his truck, but his truck's kind of worn out. Um, and he just can't understand why, why, why the girls just, you know, and he doesn't read any books and he just watches football all weekend. He doesn't really understand why the girls don't want it. Just a nice guy. And we're like, oh. you know what I mean? That's yeah. yeah. I just like, there's no better. This I've said, I know it's, my friend was like, that is, a, it's been a long time since I was sitting and I heard that. I'm like, yeah, but what else are you going to call that guy? You know who I'm talking about. We've all seen those uh -huh. guys. Maybe we need We've to all seen those guys. resurrect the term is what I'm hearing tonight. The term Barney's is it back on the table. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, it's not like he's on hard time. That's why his clothes are worn out. Cause he's like, he's clearly like, he's putting a whole lot of money into his electronic system and his television, sure. but he's just not making it. He's not investing in him, in himself, you yes. know, in his, in, he's just kind of, you know, annoyed that, the girls don't aren't into him like <laughs> <laughs> i honestly love this conversation and i could bullshit about this all all night this is right it, and i you're talking about tiktok i just started to fall down that rabbit hole more and more i was telling pagan she opened the the rabbit hole of tiktok to me by just saying like hey there's there is some quality witch talk stuff here on occasion and and so now I'm I'm a, I'm addicted, Pagan. You you did. Kyle, it. then you should be following me because my TikToks are pretty great. Are we not? Well, this is happening right I, now. Actually, I don't know. You got to find me. It's Courtney A. Weber. I'm wearing an evil fairy princess dress, and I'm looking evil. And um, <laughs> it's mostly videos of me reenacting my most uncomfortable tarot reading moments. Oh, yes, I do follow you. I do. Oh. You do follow me. I do. Yes. I just put one up last night about this. This is when I, most of them come from when I was working the phone psychic hotline 
and people bring their they bring the stuff to the so and psychic hotline because they don't know you, they can't see you, they're probably never going to speak to you again. So they just tell you things they would never tell anyone else, like probably not their Catholic priests or anything like that. <laughs> and this one, and this one woman called me, and she was really really bent out of shape because her boyfriend had just gotten a T tattooed on his finger. Oh, and he kept telling her that it meant truth, but she wanted me to look into my cards and see if it meant another woman's first initial. And I asked her, I said, do you really think he would be that brazen? And she's like, yes. <gasps> I'm like, okay, well then I'm, I'm wondering if we ought to have a different kind of reading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds like she needs to reevaluate her relationship yes. versus find out if he's cheating. Yeah, why I are know. we hanging around him? He is uh, an anchor that is not going in the right direction if that's what you assume he is doing. If you assume he's going to be that brazen. Move and on. also that he's that he would make that kind of judgment mm-hmm. error. Like I mean, not only is he cheating, but he's also really bad at it. <laughs> You're right. Like, I mean, if he's going to cheat, but he's good at covering it up, there's at least like some cleverness there. Sure. You know, and, and say, uh, you know, that you're, you're dishonest. It's not something I want to deal with, but at least I, I, at least I was, at least I was invested in someone who was smart and clever, even if they were dishonest and did something that was very hurtful to me. At least I chose someone who was smart and clever. This other thing, he's dishonest, he's sneaky, and he's not very smart. I mean, now we really need to ask ourselves a few questions. Yeah, right. <laughs> what is my this high priestess actually got on me over the weekend because I'm just I'm ruining your podcast no. right now. But you, you know you no, <laughs> ruining you research your guests before they come on. But um, this is why you're I here. I had lunch with my high priestess over the weekend, and I have a podcast too. And and she's always and I was saying to her, the student, I'm like, well, she doesn't like my podcast because my co-host and I talk about you know we be- can I curse on your podcast. Oh yes, can I yes, yes, of yes, course. Yes. So we bullshit for half an hour mm-hmm. before we actually get into the witchcraft and she goes i know i think you should just get right down to it i said listen we are geriatric millennials we need at least 30 (laughs) minutes of decompression before we can think again it's so true yes That is we have also... the weight of the world. The f- everything's falling the fuck apart. Yeah. We don't know if we have a future and we still have to work two jobs you, and we can't you. afford anything. And then, um, yeah, we're not ready. We're not ready. We need some time to just, we need to unwind for a while. That so. alone is a state, that statement alone is, is reason enough why you're here, Courtney, because I mean, that <laughs> is, that is where I'm struggling the most in life right now. And I, I think most of our audience surely is, even if they haven't taken the deep breath to like acknowledge it. But here we are working towards these weird careers, whatever they are, whether you're in a desk job or you're doing a homebrew sort of situation like a lot of us are. But like, where are we in a year? Does American money exist in two years? I mean, Dogecoin and that (laughs) stuff. And like, there is very little that is reliable right now. Like historically speaking, you look at like what has lasted more than 10 years and we're at the gap where it's like things barely last two years at this stage. So mm, I don't know. It's really challenging. And I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I think honesty is the only way to like get through it is to take that breath and acknowledge where we stand mental health wise. Yeah. yeah. And then just, you just have to roll with it. I mean, there's, there's, um, 
Um, there, there was actually, it was, it was upsetting, but it was also, there was something very comforting about it that, um, there's a, a, again, I'm a podcast junkie. So the daily podcast, which is the New York times podcast Mm. does a special episode every Sunday where they were saying, this is like, this is not the California I married was, was what it was called. And, um, it resonated with me deeply because I grew up here in Oregon and and we're on the West coast. We're, we're getting climate change. They're slapping us with a fiery hand every summer. And, um, you know, that there's a certain amount of, of not like giving up, but a sense mm-hmm. of kind of moving with moving with this, um, you know, or Adrian Murray Brown, who has a great podcast called how to survive the end of the world. She talks about, um, you know, about like, so often people try to emulate things like I'm going to be an oak and I'm going to stand tall and strong. And she says things like, yeah, but an, an oak tree can be cut down or an oak tree can be burned. She goes, I want to be like the mushrooms because no matter how much shit you give them, they thrive. <gasps> yes. Yes. I am a mushroom fanatic. I yes. was going to say another word, but I, I, <laughs> I'm definitely a mushroom fanatic to the point that I love everything about mushrooms. The more I research them, the more I'm like, it's becoming this like special interest hobby of mine that I'm like, I I don't want to really come back as if I have to come back to this earthly plane of anything after I'm dead and gone, I want to come back as a mushroom or a pit bull. Well, you know what? I, mean, I can't help you with the pit bull thing, but I feel like <laughs> we can be, well, we can be pit bulls and, and we can play with toys and we can take naps Yes. And uh, we can be fiercely loyal to the people that we love. Um, yes. And, you know, we can frighten the wrong people and attract the right people. Yes. So that's that I we like can that. already do. But as for mushrooms, I think we can already be that way. Because the thing is, and I feel like in, I feel like in so many ways, that is what is happening and that we're we're building um, networks and we're building community and we're not like unifying around figureheads anymore. Um, and we're we're certainly um we're certainly seeing the value in, um, in the us instead of the I. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is one of the great things about the pandemic in this time that we're in, where we're like, well, there really isn't room for the I anymore. So let's just be the us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't know how many mushroom conversations we've had on the show between here and, uh, our other, uh, community events that we do, but yeah, we have talked a lot about mushrooms and the collectiveness of, being part of a mushroom community where you're just all feeding into each other. And it's true. You know, I, I think that we definitely should just take the shit that we're given and thrive in it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Let's roll. Let's do it. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I like that you brought that up, Pagan. And I think that's going to maybe bring in, roll into some of your questions tonight as well. But mm-hmm. I really like that the mushrooms came up. That didn't, that didn't fall on deaf ears over here either. That, like you said, we've had a lot of conversations about kind of, I guess, retraining our collectiveness uh, as a culture, as a, as a group. Like you said, Courtney, the, the, the singular is starting to fade away. We're seeing that doesn't take you very far. And personally, I mean, so we were taught we were dating ourselves with with shows and stuff. And I, I was born in 1991. So when we we're talking Clueless, that that was I was very, very little when Clueless came out. But <laughs> yeah. that was like a really challenging thing for me as a person of, of coming to age as like a teenager was seeing such of a eye culture and being that kind of younger person that, you know, hasn't earned their way in society. And people were like, well, you don't pay taxes. What do you know? You're just a kid. And you're like, but why are we not looking out for people? Why are we instead othering everyone that's not our skin color or not our creed, whatever it is, you name it. And it's just, yeah, 
real talk second i i i hope that as our conversations go on tonight i I, i'm already feeling some healing energy coming out of this conversation i'm feeling better and heard yay I mean, the cool thing is we're here to talk about, you know, your book, Hecate, and um, I'm a follower of Hecate. So beforehand, I was like, well, she wrote a book to the Morgan. She wrote a book to you. I'm just going to light both your candles and hope for the best and see how tonight goes. (laughs) And so far, it has paid out very, very well. And I can see the the candles on the corner of my eye over here. And the, the flames are just dancing away. And there's not a breeze in my room. It's beautiful. I love it. Yay. Everybody's talking. It's great. Uh, But yeah, I have some beautiful questions about your books, about your works, about what advice you could give to the world. (laughs) And so so much, so much. (laughs) Most of it's going to be garbage, but I have a lot of it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, So obviously you have written some gorgeous books and you have written some gorgeous books about some very strong goddesses, some goddesses that some out there would say, don't work with them. They're too dark and scary. But yet you've written these beautiful books about how to work with them. So I guess to start it all off, what was your inspiration to write those books? Well, I felt like there was, I mean, there was a lot of, um, there's a lot of questions that people have had about the gods and they all kind of came to came the same way. Um, I had, um, a very strongly, uh, Christian background. Um, I was mm-hmm. technically raised Catholic, um, and I went to Catholic school and I had, um, my mom's family's, uh, I'm a Southern Baptist. And so I had a lot of very strong and strong influences from Christianity. Um, and I found that a lot of people were leaving Christianity, for um some really some really reasonable reasons sorry like i said there's the the animals are starting to it's starting to become animal planet around here (laughs) for those of you just joining this is ichabod the husky and who's a little annoyed that i'm talking to you all instead of playing with him yeah so um (laughs) he just wants to be part of the conversation too he does i'm gonna get the tug of war toy all right let's get this going and then i can answer your question Um, And I found that what people didn't, they really were looking for freedom from the, the kind of, um, abusive, constricted, um, religion that they were brought up in. And, Mm -hmm. and I say that with sensitivity because I don't feel like Christianity is bad, but I feel like in many of the ways that it is practiced, especially by people who aren't well-educated in its theology. Um, I also did a year at seminary, so I've got quite a, I've got, I've got a very eclectic religious background, um, Sorry, guys. Everything is a little crazy right now. Um, Here we go. And I felt like people were kind of replicating the same fears that they had about their Christian God. They were they were replicating it within paganism. Like they were, um, there was a sense of doing things wrong and that goddesses being either good or evil instead of like understanding the complicated nuance that gods were lots of different things. Mm -hmm. And so by saying, listen, you're, you're picking, when you say a goddess is good or a goddess is evil, you're really just kind of replicating this. There's the good God, God, and there's the evil God, Satan. And then there's like all these, the, there's only the right way to do something. And it was still leaving people with not the kind of freedom and holistic experience of paganism that they said they wanted to go and find, mm-hmm. you know? So that was where I was. Well, let's, and also there was, um, 
there was a sense of, um, you know, in the nineties, there were a lot of really watered down books about goddess worship that were, I think they had their place, but I think we're past them now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think we need to put somebody outside for a few minutes. Hey, goodbye. Come on. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. Like I said, this is the weird hour. Let's go outside. Okay. And we're going to have to keep an eye on him so he doesn't go after the neighbor's peg. Oh. <laughs> I, I love right. that you, you have a bit of a zoo. I understand because I also have a bit of a zoo at my house. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm sorry, but that is, that is the way of live, <laughs> live podcasting and so um i wanted people to have good information about these deities but um but go into them without fear but also not water them down mm-hmm. like just to say that goddesses are just sweet and light and love well that's really undermining them uh, because yes. there are times when they're sweet and there's times when they're loving but no person, no entity, no anything is everything all is, is one way all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this very strange, and I, when I often in my classes, um, people talk about a mother goddess as this, this sweet, benevolent, generous thing. And I say, who here has kids? And everybody that raises their hand, I say, yeah, would your kids say that you're sweet, loving? And they're like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they can be terrifying. And um, I think that there was this, one of the things that's really important to me in writing these books is try to give people a sense of history and cultural connection. Um, there's a lot we don't know about these ancient cultures, particularly ancient Ireland. We just don't have a lot of concrete information about um, what the culture believed, what the culture, I'm talking like Iron Age, Ireland before Christianity came in. There just isn't a lot of information about what they believed and, and how they practiced. But you know, humanity has always, our experiences are always reflected in our gods. Um, when things are going well between us and usually the planet, then the gods are great. When things are not going so well, then the gods are vengeful and horrific. And like, even you can see that in the middle ages, um, this switch from, I mean, the, even the practice of, of torture, you know, for reasons of witchcraft or because of anti-Semitism, you really didn't see that before the 1300s because it was believed to be ant- antithetical to the teachings of Christ. Well, what do you think happened in that time period that made people so fearful and vengeful? It was the plague, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm probably missing uh, some of my dates. You history buffs out there, don't come for me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a professional historian when it comes to the plague and medieval and medieval history, but I know a few things. And so people were fearful, you know, because they'd had this horrific thing happen to them. And so they're trying to understand it. So God must be very vengeful, right? And so you start to see more of that and you start to see more of of needing to codify and form, you know, put formula behind, you know, Christianity um, because they're just, they're trying to, like, they're trying to put some kind of formula and understanding. I mean, we have to remember how much of Europe was wiped out by the plague, like Mm -hmm. two thirds, maybe, you know, I think that's, 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 that's probably a, a very large estimate, but that's, absolutely horrific thing. Whole villages were gone. You're correct. Mm-hmm. You know, and so after you've, and after you've experienced, we've, we've had a, just a little taste of what that's like, you know, for, for having to, having to fear people and having to fear disease and, but not this, this, you know, 
um, the, the, uh, COVID is not nearly as, um, as deadly as the plague was, is, um, so it's just, um, it, it's, it's, it's really telling. And so when people forget that, and then they start trying to put their own imprint on these gods and then, or they ignore certain aspects of them, or they fear certain aspects about them. You're really denying yourself this whole inclusive package. You know, Hecate is scary. And she's also very kind. So if you're just going to pretend that she's kind all the time, well, then you're not really seeing all of her and you're just, you're denying yourself the full experience of Hakate. But if you're just so afraid of her scary side that you want nothing to do with her, well, then you're denying yourself again, that power and that experience of, of that goddess. So he's yes. over there. He's over there looking at the pig and I don't want him looking at the pig. Yeah. well that is definitely a beautiful way to answer that and i'm really thankful that you actually put so much effort into your books to really break it down because there's a lot of misleading lore especially about hakate and everything Mm -hmm. that she encompasses there are some that say you can't work with her and she is a closed practice whereas there's others that say that you shouldn't work with her because she's too dark and she will suck your soul into the underworld and then there's others it's like she's so sweet and kind and loving and perfect but the kind of middle between there kind of gets lost in translation somewhere so there's so much of that in your book that you really broke down that lore and i'm really thankful that you did because it opens up so many beautiful doorways to the practice and worship with her. Yeah. It was my, well, that's, and that was, that, that really was my goal. I wanted people to understand who they were dealing with, but also remember that the gods are still evolving. These are still living traditions. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's going to be experiences that you will have that are unique only to you and that those are valid. Um, it doesn't mean that you, well, any of us have a right to say, well, I, I experienced the Morgan is very kind. Therefore, all the stories of when she cursed and terrified people are not true. <laughs> that, that's not right either. Well, there they are. Well, they're, that's part of the mythology. That's part of who she is. It's how, so it just so happened that you've had that experience with her. There are people out there that'll tell you, I'm pretty, I can get really mean, you know, mm-hmm. in certain circumstances, um, when, and, you know, but if we sat down and talked, you might say, well, Courtney had a reason for acting how she did, or well, then Courtney could have made some different choices, but that doesn't mean that's all of me. Right. right? You know, then there's also the me that's going to take you down 17 rabbit holes at the, at the beginning of your podcast. And that is an absolute guaranteed experience <laughs> people are going to have with me if they have me on their show. <laughs> and it's a wonderful experience. We absolutely love going down to all those fun rabbit holes. Yeah. And her dog is definitely going to interrupt and it's going to be really annoying. <laughs> and then they just, you know, fortunately I got two dog lovers who seem to be very understanding. That's right. Yes, absolutely. So kind of segueing a little bit back to what we were talking about at the start of the podcast with it, the social upheaval that we're having. I really love the fact that you mentioned that in your book And you really talked about it in the chapter, uh, Dangerous Goddess and the Dangerous Witch. So when you discuss some of these matters, you really have to kind of think about what are some of the ways that people could actually work with the Morgan or Hecate or any of these quote unquote dark goddesses to help them fight the social injustice and the change that we're going through? What advice would you have for them? 
I mean, first of all, I, um, I would encourage people not to use the labels dark goddess or light goddess. Um, I just, I just think that that sets, it, that sets an expectation, mm-hmm. um, that is limiting, um, and also unrealistic. I mean, it, it was, it was actually funny when I wrote my book on Bridget, I was, um, I was actually, I was working a booth at, um, at Phoenix Pagan Pride and, um, a woman walked up and said, oh, I'm, I, she saw my Bridget book. She goes, oh, I only work with dark goddesses. And I said, if you think Bridget is all sweetness and kindness and is never scary, you haven't worked with Bridget. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, uh, and it, it, it was actually funny because I just did a reading for someone recently where uh, I was a Mexican woman and she was curious about embracing her own witchcraft path. And she wasn't sure whether she should um, explore um, the Virgin de Guadalupe or she should, uh, she should explore Santa Muerte. And the reading said that Santa Muerte was going to go easy on her, but the Virgin of Guadalupe was going to kick her ass. And of course, if you just put those two side by side, one is a sweet and roses and the other one is a skull. But Santa right. Muerte was super chill with this one. She's like, yeah, no problem. I got you. Whereas Warren of Guadalupe is like, I need you to do this and this and this and this. And that's going to happen to you and mine. I was like, <laughs> so I encourage people to remember that, that like all goddesses can be scary. That's why they're goddesses, right? <laughs> and all goddesses can be healing and warm and loving. That's again, why they're goddesses. And, and, and so, um, I, first thing I would say is just let's, let's like set these titles aside. Um, if there's something that's, that's people are nervous about, I feel like that is human. We're scared of gods and that's okay. As long as, as we're not taking that to be like, I, like, I just don't like it when I see pagans replicate this kind of Christian, the Christianized thing of, I am a bad person for reasons I don't know. Please forgive me for things I don't know if I did wrong. And that you walk around with this guilt and shame. And that's the kind of fear you have of your gods. That's not, that's not cool. That's, that's, that's fascism. (laughs) You know, um, but what I would recommend people do is if you want to explore the deities, um, I would just introduce yourself Um, perhaps set up an altar in your home, Um, perhaps do a small ritual. Imagine that they are in a bar, you know, and you have a bunch of mutual friends there. And it's it's like introducing yourself to someone you respect. Um, Just like shaking a hand saying, hey, I just want you to know I'm a a big admirer of your work. Can I buy you a drink? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the kind of way it's not like you're going to run up and be like, hey, buddy, whatever. You're going to give this highly respected person a noogie that you don't know. Right. But you might shake their hand and just say, I I really would love to, you know, I would love to, to get to know you better. Um, I, there's a lot, I feel like I can learn from you. And if you ever need any help with anything, let me know. You can always borrow my car or whatever. Then you start to build that relationship. Um, I do, I think where people start to get nervous with the deities is that when the gods first come into our lives, they clean house. Mm-hmm. Um, and they clean house for good purpose. Um, the, I mean, for me, what I fully, this, I do sound like I'm, I'm parroting my, my, uh, my Christian, my Christian upbringing. Um, when I first, when I finally accepted Bridget as my patron deity, she kicked my ass, which is why I laugh when people say, Oh, Bridget, sweetness and light. I'm like, Oh yeah. 
Yeah, she left me crying on my friend's living room floor for six hours. <laughs> right, like the day after my my dedication to her, you know, at the, the love of my life at that time left me 24 hours after my initiation to Bridget. I was like, damn, that's some clean house. Yes. And then um, and it was ter- it was it was absolutely um, it was the beginning of a big unraveling because once that relationship was gone, it wasn't just like, you know, like, oh, just, you know, you know, put, get your hair done and put on a new outfit and go out and meet somebody new. It was one of those that makes you reevaluate yourself. And so I had to sit in and I, it made me reevaluate every relationship I had. And it also made me, it made, changed every plan I had for the mm-hmm. future. Um, but then it also led me on the path to meet my husband a few months later, who was like, as soon as I met my husband, I went, oh, Yes, I see why you got rid of the other one because I can see why that was never going to work and it was only going to lead to suffering and this one's going to work. So it was really, it was such a difficult time. Um, but Bridget came in and was like, this, this is, you got to go. This, the, all this stuff has got to go. This isn't going to work. It's like those home organizing shows where they come in and they're like, listen, you're never going to wear these clothes again. Oh, but I might, no, you're, you're not. You're literally not. Let's get, let's get rid of them and take them out. And the person's like, ah, ah, and then they come in and they see their new house and they're like, oh, I love it. You know, mm-hmm. that's what the gods do to our lives. They're really, they're really like those home edit people that come in and just destroy your house. Everything's in chaos. And most people, not most people, but sometimes people will back out at that point because the gods, have, their, their life's in chaos. They're like, what do they do? This God is what? And the gods are like, I'm cleaning. You know, I got to make a mess before I can put everything in the right. And I mean, I, I had a woman that upon her, I think I can say this upon her initiation to, or just before her initiation to Hakate, the, the man she was with literally threw her out like on the street. And so much drama fell apart through that. And she also then met her husband. So a similar story, but like this, she was like, and, and this, this person supports her and worships her and is, is, is unbelievably devoted to her in ways that this other guy was not. And so in some ways, some people might've been like, Oh, Hakate ruined my life. Well, Hakate was fixing things. You ruined your life. You know, (laughs) that's It is. And that's what they do. And that's why people get scared. And sometimes gods have a different, I mean, for me, my experience with the Morgan was not heavy handed like that. She just kind of came in and she was real quiet and she was waiting. Um, cause I had my own things coming down the pike that were very, very painful. Um, and you know, I had two very intense losses within mm-hmm. about, you know, within a, about three months of each other. And it was like the Morgan was waiting for me to experience that because at that point, my, um, I, I was feeling such a complicated sense of grief that I, you know, I unpack further in my Morgan book and I could, if I were trying to do that now, we'd be here all day. Um, but I felt like the Morgan was the only one who was going to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, because she's in this very liminal space. She embodies complicated, confusing spaces that we can't always name. We don't always understand. She's in this world. She's also in the world of the she. She's here. She's there. Is she one? Is she three? Is she five? We don't know. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of times when I was in this space where I was in so much grief, I was like, I don't really know. I can't put names to what I'm saying. Who do I talk to? The goddess who, (laughs) who was, it was comfortable 
in these places that, that we can't understand. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's one thing people, they, and, and everybody's level of how the gods are going to affect them is different. Maybe that you were not going to have a dramatic experience like I did because your life is already in, in good shape. Mine wasn't. <laughs> but I think the gods start with us. They work on us. Um, and that that is valuable sacred work is to, mm-hmm. is to heal yourself, repair yourself and make yourself whole. Because once you can do that, you can go get someone else and help them make the next step as they work on their own healing, their own liberation. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's really, I think that's a, a huge, and it, it also teaches us such, such greater empathy and compassion when we've gone through that space of, of healing, you know, for ourselves. Yes. So, um, very long winded answer, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that's every time I watch home edit, that new show with, um, that Reese Witherspoon is producing, it, um, makes me think of when the gods come in because these women just like totally wreck a house, but then they put it back together in gorgeous order. Yes. I, I think that that's definitely something that we're seeing right now is that we're having to break down all of our social systems in order to, build it back or even find what really matters to us. So I think that that's a very valid point that you made. And that's something that we can all look for, uh, not only in your books, but also in our own relationships with our gods, if we have those. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where people kind of, they don't understand what's happening. They, they seem to, again, it's, it's coming back to a legacy of, I don't even, it's, it's watered down Christianity. It's not even actually what the theology of Christianity teaches, but it's, it's talks about like, well, if bad things happen or if things are happening to me that I don't like, that are scary, that are chaotic after I invoke this goddess, well, she must be mad at me and she must be punishing me. Mm-hmm. Well, chances are probably not. Chances are she's just trying to clean up. Yeah. You know, that that's very valid. And you see that a lot, unfortunately, on, you know, places like witch talk and stuff like that, where a lot of these witches who don't really understand their deity worship just yet, they're like, oh, my goddess isn't talking to me or my God's not talking to me. Suddenly they've gone quiet. They haven't been quiet ever. And it's like, no, something's probably about to happen. Yeah. Or sometimes the gods are just quiet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not they're not a freaking amazon.com thing, you know, where it's like, I need to talk to them and now I need them to respond to me. They're not a, they're not a, a, a customer service hotline. Most of the time, customer service hotlines are, there aren't even people there anyway anymore. But, um, you know, even like people that you love, you don't talk to them constantly, but they're still mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So that's yeah. incredibly a beautiful answer to really put that into a lot of words because you know I, I've had conversations with other people that um out there that are like oh hey you know my deity's not talking to me and I'm like give them some space they'll come back they'll come back or maybe you don't need anything right now yeah 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 so, or sometimes it's like especially when we're we're in some really painful places and we're we're angry at the gods um, they're giving us some space because we need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I have, uh, got one more question for you for my stuff. And I'm sure maybe Kyle's got a couple more. I don't I know so if too. he does or not. Um, but my, my final question for you is, uh, I, we've seen a lot of different works coming out and also a lot of different talk about the difference between 
basically saying you want to work with a goddess and being devoted to a goddess or devoted to a deity. Do you have any advice for that? Hmm. Such a good question. Um, I think it's, I think, I think all working, working with gods in general is an act of devotion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, making an offering, um, accepting a blessing, asking for assistance, all of those things keep the gods alive. You know, tending an altar um, is an act of devotion. Uh, making an offering is an act of devotion. And even in cases, asking for help is its own act of devotion. I think all of those things are. Um, it took me a long time to get comfortable with the working with thing. And mm-hmm. I, I think I felt like it was kind of trivialized um, as this is in transactional. I didn't like it very much. Um, but that's actually really really uh, it's really old when it comes to human like human history and how we have been in relationship with gods um like even in catholicism relationship with the saints is very transactional i light this candle you do this for me mm-hmm. um and you know i would i would even to say in the ancient in um in the ancient greeks um and, and the ancient romans that you know had their this, these temples those temples were there for a purpose you go to the temple you make your offering you bring your offering to the priests and the priestesses um will you know will speak to the gods on your behalf and you can you know find you can get you can get healed uh you can have a baby you can make more money um you can protect your home so there there is a sense of there always being some kind of transactional thing i think that um modern paganism has um a different kind of relationship i think people believe when people say they are in service to the gods, I think that that is wonderfully well-intended. I think it can be very easily miss, uh, misused and people acting on their own will, believing that they are acting on behalf of the gods. Um, and so I think that that's a very careful line to walk. And so when I hear people say they are in service to a god or goddess, I want to see how much humility they also walk with. Right. Right. And so that they're not if and and I, I do know a number of people that have made very, very big commitments that their life's work is on behalf of a certain deity and they do wonderful things. And that is, you know, the way that they live, but they also work on themselves and they work like I said, they work with a great deal of humility where I get nervous is when I don't see that in someone mm-hmm. and, um, they've no, they've lost the line. They've lost, they've stopped asking themselves, is this my will or is this the will of the gods? Right. Now. So it's, um, I, I'm at a place where I don't pretend to know what the gods want, but I do believe that they have, they have an interest in us as humanity, bettering ourselves and becoming the best versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. Um, so I, I think all acts for gods, all at, all requests of gods. I think they are all acts of devotion. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's, they're all, they're all of that. Um, and, um, you know, and, and working with gods can be tricky because each <laughs> different culture, it's people say it's all about your intention. Okay, well, if this deity is used to 
thousands of years of a different kind of intention, people's, people's intentions change, you know, mm-hmm. um, they, they carry that as well. And so the idea of intention, it, it can be tricky. You know, um, you look at the stories of the good folk in Ireland and you say people striking deals with the good folk only to realize that the bargain was quite different than they thought. Yes. You know, because they didn't understand the cultural context from which this, the being, the being from the other world was coming from. Um, you know, I feel like I've, um, I feel like I'm in my, my acts of devotion have changed a lot. Um, especially just in some of the frustrations that I've had with deity and also some of the wonderful things I've had with deity. Um, I think it's also very human to get angry at your gods and need a break from them. But I feel like my acts of strict devotion anymore really belong to the spirits of the land that I'm on. And Mm -hmm. um, my devotion is about taking care of this piece of land the best that I can. And I don't ask anything of the land, but at the same time, it does bless me um, with information. It blesses me with um, taking care for my animals and care for my property and and care for my neighbor's property too. I, I see, I see the effects of just simply going out and, um, complimenting the beauty of the morning and trying to battle and battling the invasive plants on my property as best <laughs> I can and trying to repopulate it with as many native plants as I can and, and, and all of these pieces. Um, but I, I feel like that's where my, my straight up devotion is anymore is into this land. And I don't ask anything from the land, but it, um, it still provides because it's provides in kindness. This is Matilda and Ichabod is Bob. Aww. Gosh. Oh Speaking of which, this was a gift from Freya. <gasps> Tell us. Yes. If you want to. Well, so what had happened was when uh, many years ago I did a love spell with Freya and I tried to do a um and I was like, oh, in honor of her, I will buy a statue of Freya. And my credit card kept getting rejected. And I had plenty of credit. And for some reason, I would try to order with these statues. It kept getting rejected, kept getting rejected. And then I paused and I went, why doesn't this goddess want me spending money on her? What does she have in mind? And I've been told that when you work with Freya, stray cats will often come into your life. So about a week after that, I was visiting my neighbors for some reason, and they put this homeless kitten in my arms. And she's been, she looked up at me and she fell asleep on my chest and she's been with me ever since. And I knew immediately Freya's like, no, 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 honey, I don't need a statue. I want you to save your 50 bucks because you're going to need a rabies vaccine for some more. That's right. That's adorable. I honestly hadn't heard that about Freya. I I recently started working with Freya uh, this year and I live on a farm that's on my road. There's only three houses and we're surrounded by woods. And lately we've had a lot of kitty cats Uh around the house and i'm like where are all of you coming we haven't had straight cats probably in five or six years and now all of a sudden we have these beautiful tabbies that are showing up out of nowhere and i'm like you guys have to belong to somebody they belong you have to Uh and my my dogs went completely nuts this morning barking at one of these cats and it was probably in the middle of the driveway but interestingly, my dogs can't see out the windows. So it's like, how did y'all know that the cat was there? Cats don't make a lot of noise. Hmm. 
Why'd you guys go sparking at the putty chat when you couldn't even see the putty chat? I have questions. Answer them. But now that's very interesting that, you know, working with Fred, I have this little like uh, cat statue that's it's basically supposed to be a candle holder, but I don't ever put candles in it. I actually put stones in it for Freya um, that I find, you know, to be useful when I'm communicating with her. And so now all these cats are appearing. So that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it is also, and I've actually taught it. it, it this is, um, you know, so I keep bringing back the Christian element, but I feel like there's just so much that we need to unlearn. And I think a lot of times our, our Christian friends have a lot to unlearn too. Like I, I remember I was having a conversation with this woman who she really felt like Jesus wanted her to start a church. And she's like, ah, so I said, did you ask Jesus for the money? And she's like, well, no. I said, well, Jesus is wanting you to start a church. You got to say, okay, friend, I'm in, but I need the money. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay to say to, the, to Freya, I'm happy that, that uh, I'm happy to support the the feeding of these cats. Just make sure you keep my bank account afloat so I can feed them. I am really happy to hear you say that because oh, I kind of work interesting. that into a lot of my stuff, too, is so often I think in the occult space and the paranormal space, we see messages from people. They're just like, keep faith. It's kind of like those uh, the, the, the cat. Uh, motivational poster where they're like, hang on there, keep hanging in there, something. And I feel like it's just so vague at times where I'm like, universe, if you want to push me down this path, I'm willing to play ball. That's why I'm here on this planet. But we might need to work on the reciprocity of this because bills and food, like you want to get rid of my hunger, fine, I don't need to eat. But until that goes away... We got to figure out some sort of balance so I can do work for you, but I also can eat at the end of it, too. And I <laughs> yes. I think it's kind of fun whenever I see someone out there that does push back in that sort of way. It just gives me a nice, lighthearted chuckle. Well, it's like, OK, and until we have a society set up yeah. where these where people can go in and in and um tend pagan temples 24 seven and devote their entire mm-hmm. lives to it. And we can feed them and make sure that they get to see a doctor whenever they want. And if they have children, that their children are educated. Like until we have that, uh, we still have to eat. You know, we still have to pay rent. And it's something I even mentioned in the pagan community as well. It's like you can't have it both ways. You can't have constant access to teachers and elders and, and authors and also not pay for things mm-hmm. because huge. you can't have it both ways. You know, if, if we had salaried priests and priestesses, there would be more office hours. There would be more emergency visits. But until then your teacher probably works a nine to five job, right? You know, or if they don't work a nine to five job, they're doing a full-time tarot business. Right. And you, you know, and mm-hmm. that's, that's, it's something I, I think um, people don't understand is you can't expect people to be, that have be the kind of access of, you know, pastors and ministers and mainstream and imams and main, rabbis and mainstream religions and not support them in the same way. And if you don't want to support them that way, that's fine. But then you don't get as much time with them. Yes, yeah. uh, that is huge. And I, I want to yeah. we're kind of almost running out of time. But I think that's a, a really good conversation to have towards the end of it is to remind people out there, you know, su- support the creators, the authors, the people that are making content you like. I saw in an unrelated paranormal thread the other day over on Reddit, someone saying, oh, well, such and such paranormal group has so much money. 
we don't you, you shouldn't support anything that they do because they're rich. And I know that this this group on the side is a little scientific venture and they don't have the money these people were talking about. I'm like, you really need to support the paranormal strangeness. Like there is just not some slush fund like we get less opportunities than other people, you know, just on YouTube and other areas. You're going to get promoted way less than like a beauty content creator because they're selling Mm -hmm. makeup and that sells on the algorithm. But paranormal stuff gets pushed off to the sides. I'm like, if you find people you like. You really do want to open your wallet. Otherwise, unfortunately, due to taxes, life, income, they might not be creating in two years because they might have to pick up some other line of work that takes them away from their true love of creation. So support those that you can. And if you truly can't, um, totally understandable. But there are lots of weird word of mouth ways that count, too, like monetary isn't everything either. You know, sharing a good book with your friends and telling them to pick it up is like a solid wreck. So. Be yeah. good to each other. That's what we need more of is people looking out and supporting the communities they love. Yeah, it's it's true. And it's just I think there's I think one of the things the pandemic has has taught us is um, we don't need all the things we thought we needed. Um, yeah. You, you know, it's uh, OK. So the service is slow at the restaurant. Really, who cares? Yep. You know, they don't have they don't have the kind of ham you wanted at the grocery store today because there's a supply chain. I mean, are you going to there's right. other food you can eat. You know, it's frustrating. It's annoying, but it's not. I think we've all learned that and we're fine. You know, we're okay. So. I mean, as long as we're taken care of in one way or, or another, I think that ultimately it doesn't really matter. And, mm-hmm. you know, like Kyle was saying, and like you're saying as well, that ultimately we really do need to be looking out more for each other rather than worrying about, you know, all of the favorite things that we once wanted. Don't get me wrong. I still like the favorite things I once liked. But at the same time, I also realized that some of those things I can create myself. Like I like specialty vegetables and stuff like that that are fun and different and all that. Well, you know what? Now I'm learning how to grow them myself so I don't have to worry about somebody else or I can help, you know, somebody else by doing that. So it's one of those things that we can also take what we rely on and find ways to bring it into our world differently. Maybe it's creating it ourselves. Maybe it's helping grow enough food to help take care of your neighbors, yeah. whatever it may be. It's something that we just need to really work on being good to each other. Yeah. I think that's absolutely. like the goal for 2022 is let's be good to each other. Yeah. <laughs> that's been the goal since 2020, yeah. but it really should be like the goal of 2022. <laughs> well, and I, I have a lot of faith in that. I have a lot of faith in our generation and the generation after us as well. Oh, um, I, I just, um, you know, I, I look at my, my nephew and watch the way he plays and a lot of his, his games turn into making friends with the enemy. Like he was once a cat and then the mice were attacking us, but then he turned it into, he's going to make friends with the mice and they're all going to take a nap together. Oh, I like that. Precious. Chaining (laughs) it around. That's what we need. That's what we need. Courtney, this talk tonight has been absolutely gorgeous. I have loved this. I I took uh, a bit of a back seat in this because I am someone that is just starting deity worship and such myself and work. So I truly sat here and absorbed a ton. And and I think this gave me an extra confidence in moving forward and uh, kind mm-hmm. of just operating in a different way in my own private practice. So uh, just a deep personal thank you for the conversation tonight. And I'm I, I'm sure this meant especially uh, to Pagan, who works directly with some of these deities, an extra special touch there, too. Yes. 
Absolutely. Well, and thank you. And if, if I, if I may do a quick plug, please, if anyone please. is interested in doing more deity work, um, I, through my podcast, I'm, I'm, I'm co-hosting a virtual conference, a one day mini con on March 5th, in which I will be teaching a class on building relationship with deity. And there's going to be a bunch of other great classes and author Stephanie Rosebird is doing a special master class on, um, d- on, uh, DNA magic and ancestry. So like using cool. your DNA. DNA oh, okay. in order to build your magical practice. And she's a, a phenomenal writer and just a terrific. So, um, th- so tickets to that just went on sale today. Um, so if you go to that, first off, please listen to my podcast as well. If you like these friends, you'll also like us <laughs> and, um, sign up for that conference. Also, we're, we have classes on herbalism and, uh, magic in the suburbs, which is its own, uh, own sub genre. And then in April, I will be teaching, um, a virtual, a five part virtual class. No, I'm sorry. A four part virtual class on working with deities. I'm focusing on Bridget, um, the Morgan and Hakate through Catland books. So you can join by zoom anywhere. Um, and so information on that will be coming out soon. So if you follow me, uh, my, my website is CourtneyAWeber.com. sign up for my mailing list and you'll get all the announcements and stuff like that. So. Oh, that is wonderful, Courtney. I have uh, gone up. I found your your actual personal site before, but I didn't have the uh, the information about the event going on. That is really yes. cool. And our people love that sort of stuff. So that was on thatwitchlife.com. And I think just yes. clicking on the mini con tab at the top right. Boom. Yep, that's right. Oh, I found it. This, oh, Pagan and I love this sort of stuff. So thank, yes. thank you for telling us about this. March 5th, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., 6.30 p.m. That is a really wonderful day, just packed with workshops. Yes, and it's all recorded. Ah, yes. So if you can't make it for the full day or you can't make it at all, if you register, you will get the recordings and you'll have access to all the lectures and things for 30 love days. That. Yeah. Oh, that's so extra special. Okay. Yeah, because sometimes it's really hard. Like Pagan and I, like we love to go to these sort of conferences online, and we often split up our attendance and stuff. So you know, if we yeah. can't always see everything, but really, truly, when when you can and it works for the guests to record it like that, that's just extra special. So, chat, you should go up there. This looks like it's listed as an early bird ticket. So until February, yes, price 15th, does go up on February fifteenth. So I would get, get your ticket sooner than later. Get your butt over there, everybody. That which okay. We're gonna have that in the uh, bio and description for everyone so you can easily find that be up on the blog Courtney we're going to have a link to your website that is uh, CourtneyAWeber.com so you can go and check it out support all of Courtney's amazing books and projects Um, we I mean this this was just such a fun one tonight and I can't wait until we can loop back around and kind of do another part because this is going to leave me thinking a lot this evening Oh no, yes. I, I love I love talking. I'm I'm glad y'all got something out of it. I know <laughs> oh, I tend so to much. go down rabbit holes, but I just can't. Um, I was I'm probably uh, secretly a a uh, college professor in my head. I just you know. <laughs> I think that's the magic of the podcast, right? As I know. Just... I like to extrapolate. <laughs> right? So, yeah. So, def- so definitely. Yeah. Well, I, well, please have me back on again. And yes, this is absolutely so much fun. And hope I see some of uh, some of our friends here on March 5th at uh, t- uh, That Witch Life Minicon. It's going to be really, really fun. That would be beautiful. Everyone out there, go check out and support all of Courtney's works. As I mentioned, we'll have them all linked for you. So go no further than just clicking through at the blog or on the podcast description. You'll find it very, very easily. And Courtney, truly thank you again from both of us. We yes. would love to have you back on. 
You have a super safe rest of your evening and uh, be good out there. Keep doing awesome stuff. I'm, I'm absolutely. Absolutely. Ah. I will not let you down. Thank you, Courtney. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Chat, that was wonderful. Uh, Courtney, super fun. I mean, that was just such a great chit-chat. I learned so much because, again, not really a deity worker myself. New to me. Very cool. Awesome to have Courtney on there. What a great recommendation from Pagan. To those that are out there watching us in chat, we will be back here on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Maybe I shouldn't say here because we're on Twitch. So twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Paranormal. That is Wednesdays and Saturdays, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We've added in an alternating spot on Thursday nights. That is going to be our Tinkerer Thursdays. What an amazing turnout. We had like 30 plus people at a whole panel that came together for that last week. Uh, So if you want to take part, the next one is January 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Paranormal. TikTok is the new endeavor that I was going after. Uh, Courtney mentioned that in the thing. So follow Courtney on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok. Pagan's on TikTok too. So just go over there and do a big roundup. I'm at Kyle Paranormal. If you need to find anyone else, you can probably do it through that route. What else? Um, I think there's one more thing I need to mention. Oh, website uh, tiers and stuff. Wow. We had a little bit of a struggle with some financing this last month. Um, things, things were a little bit hard. We had some people unsub. We've had some people really step up and help us out financially to keep the show going. If you're someone that's been considering stepping up your pledge to a contributor level or a founder level, maybe you want to do something even higher than that, just know this is the time that makes all the freaking difference. We're getting that crazy tax season and stuff. So it's weird times out there in the world. And the pandemic persists, so our plans have changed a smidge. Uh, we are going to be podcasting long and strong this year. Do not fret. And again, we're putting on at least four nights a week of content. So look no further than the Twitch page and the revelatornetwork.com. That's where the big stuff's happening. I'm really active over on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. So if you guys want to hit up me up on social media, finally, our Gilded server is where we talk and chit-chat, share photos, all that good stuff. If you want to get a part of that, uh, join us. We have a mixer for embolic. In bulk, I'm, I'm not sure how to say that. In bulk, I don't know. I'll, I'm, I ch- chat was helping to coach me the other night. I'm learning. Uh, anyway, in bulk, we're doing a February second mixer night, so we're gonna hang out in Gilded Chat. You don't need a microphone, though. It's encouraged. You can come and hang out with us and just use text chat if you'd like. But it's going to be something off of Twitch. So just mark your calendar for February 2nd. No Twitch that night. Thank you all. Go subscribe to Courtney's work. I'm getting out of here. Be safe, my friends. And we will talk very soon. Bye-bye.